Podcast world, what's up? Chad Belding back at you. Another episode of The Foul Life. Thank you all so much for the humbling growth, the success, the attention that y'all are giving us. Hopefully you love our guests, our diversity and topics. We're going to keep bringing it to you from competition, duck calling, goose calling, in the blind, in the boat, dogs, recipes, Traeger, and you name it. This series we've entitled The Essentials of the duck hunt, the essentials of duck hunting. You can wrap this into goose hunting, waterfowl hunting as a whole. But we thought during the quarantine, this off season, that while we're all at home, we could really start to do a deep dive on what the essentials are, what it takes to consistently find success in the duck blind, the duck woods, the marsh, the river systems, the oxbow lakes, the peanut fields of Oklahoma, the pea fields of Saskatchewan and Alberta, the West Coast rice country of California and the Delta of Sacramento, the Butte Sink. Wherever you're at in this country, it has a wide range of offerings for the waterfowl hunter. You might be chasing brant or sea ducks, you might be chasing geese, specks, snows, Ross geese, Canada geese, all the subspecies of the Canada geese. What does it take to consistently see success? Because if you're consistently unsuccessful at something, your chances to want to keep going, your desire to want to keep going when you're always in a slump, they go down. We want everybody to have fun in this. And a lot of times fun entails having some sort of success. We're not saying that you have to pull the trigger a lot and see a lot of blood and kill a lot of animals to deem success, but you want to take memories out of that hunt. You want to learn something every day, be a sponge, whether it's a new recipe or a new tactic or something that you observed with your dog, man's best friend that day. And that's what we're doing here on the Foul Eye Podcast is bringing you the essentials of duck hunting. And that brings us to our sponsor today. This episode of the Foul Life Podcast is again brought to you by our friends in the state of Oregon. Made in America, made in USA, Gerber gear, Gerber knives, Gerber blades. You talk about a tool that we consistently have in our trucks, our boats, our blind bags, wherever you see us, we will somewhere on our body or in where however we arrive to that location have a Gerber product with us, whether it's a saw, fillet knife, closed blade knife, a folding knife, an open blade knife, straight blade knife. You talk about a wider range of products and offerings right now at Gerber. You can find Gerber Custom, hashtag Gerber Custom, and we've designed our own knives. I saw my good buddy Remy Warren posted today on the one that he was able to design with fly fishing on one side and hunting on the other. But they're Gerber. They're made in America. They employ tons of our citizens here, the guys in our community, the ladies in our communities. They're a great brand. They're an iconic brand, and their story is unparalleled when it comes to great products for the hunter, the fisher, the conservationist, the the naturalist, and the provider. So we're going to talk about that provider mentality more today. My guest today works full-time in product design for Gerber. His name is Carson, K-A-R-R-S-O-N. It's a little bit different of a way, but I love the uniqueness of the way Carson's mom and dad spelled his name on his birth certificate. And his last name is even a little bit more difficult, Coivisto? Yeah, Coivisto, yeah. Carson Coivisto, product design, Gerber USA. Thank you for being here, brother. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey man, what what is it like to be able to work in a in a field that you absolutely have a ton of passion for? I've heard through the grapevine through guys like David and and I've worked with Kylie and some and Andrew and some of the other folks at Gerber. You love it there. A lot of passion, a lot of story, a lot of culture, right? Talk to me about what it feels yeah. like to clock in there every day. I know you're not clocking in right now and you may never have to clock in per se, but during the quarantine, you're working for home. But what does it mean to work for something that you love so much and have the culture that a company like Gerber does? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question, man. It's funny because I, uh, I, I started working at Gerber. I'd never hunted a thing a day in my life, and I just didn't grow up with that as a part of my family. And uh, 
you know, within what was it within five months I had bought six guns my first six guns and I was hunting anything that was in season and uh man it just because of that alone it, it introduced me to my my biggest passion in life which is hunting and uh man that so, is yeah. that's that's a way better answer than I thought I was gonna get I mean that <laughs> is that's cool as heck that you're you're yeah. you didn't grow up in a hunting family or with a hunting mentor per se but employment at Gerber got you into hunting yeah yeah you, you step in there and there's guys showing their pictures from what they took that last weekend and talking about their plans and applying for hunts and things. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, it's all this. That and killer, uh, yeah, man. it just, it was like two loose wires connected for me. And ever since that, it's just get more prepared, plan further ahead, get into as many hunts as possible, negotiate the time with my family, save up the PTO, hunt, 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 and then make the products that make the doing of the thing I love better. That's, that's my whole game. Yeah, it's just cool, man. Just seeing your guys' culture at a place like SHOT Show in Las Vegas on the Strip there every January and your booth and the energy in it and the yeah. stories and the Randy Newbergs and the and the Remy Warrens and all of the different ambassadors or pro staff or, you know, you have a lot of those guys. But you guys mean so much to so many different parts of the country. The working man, the, the steel mill worker, the fisherman, the hunter, the woodsman, the log cutter. There's so many different walks of life that carry that logo that's on your hat, on my hat, around them. And when you hear Gerber, this is our first year with Gerber, but we've wanted to be with Gerber forever. And finally, we reached a part in our in our properties and our brands that we were able to have the confidence to approach them. And we're so blessed and so humbled to be a part of the Gerber family right now and the Gerber culture, like I talked about before. But um, I talk about, you know, the tools of success in life. They're key. And, you know, like just just, you know the easy ones like personal hygiene or the way you present yourself or working out and, and making a better version of yourself and, and the way you feel, the better you feel, the, you know, the, the harder you work and the more success that you're going to achieve, whether you're an athlete or whether you're just a nine to five, or I think that preparation is everything. And I think that having an idea and a visual and, and a vision, and, and I talk about visualization a lot in what we do, and I've just always envisioned success being wrapped around the provider mentality, the ability to yeah. live off the land. It doesn't matter how much money you make a year. As long as you're a provider, which I feel we were put on this earth to work and, and uh, be a provider. My dad always said you were put on this earth to work and provide. And I think that that's a big part of how I judge success is can you be a provider and what goes into that? What is in your toolbox? What is in your arsenal? What is in your skill set? You might have never hunted, but now you love it and you're developing a skill set to be a better hunter every year. You might have grown up a skateboarder or a musician right. or uh, uh, an academic a guy that could do a math problem like a whiz, like, uh, like Matt Damon and uh, and goodwill hunting, you know, you're yeah. drawn on the chalkboard. I don't know what you grew up doing, but hunting encompasses this lifestyle that I've always looked at is just, I don't feel <clears throat> there's a cooler way to live. Now, doctors and military guys and professional athletes and musicians, and you name it, hunting can be the common denominator, right? And I know there's golf that everybody can meet at the country club, but I don't think you get the same out of golf as what you do out of a fishing trip or sharing a day in the duck blind together or being at hunting camp for a week or three days together. So my point in all of this, Carson, is that this mentality of the provider, the outdoorsman, the conservationist, the hunter, the gatherer, the fisher, I think it is so cool to live your life that way, to go out and hone your skills to draw that animal in and kill him or her 
successfully, ethically, morally correct, with no cripples, compassion for that animal, conservation efforts for that animal. And then when you start right there of like, man, look at my application, look at my decoy spread, look at my dog, he's so ready, she's so ready, he's been trained. You know what I'm saying? Your decoy spread, your scouting, you got the, you got all of that part, then you build your blind, then you're, you're hidden and you're concealed, and you're trying to lure these animals in into harvestable range that's ethical, right? And then after that, you start a whole other process that's just as cool of taking and, and butchering that animal and processing that animal and, and having badass out-of-the-box recipes that you get to share with your girlfriend, your wife, your family, whoever it is. So all of that is was said to say part of that badassness, that life of the hunter, the provider, the gatherer, the fisher, the conservationist, the naturalist is a knife. Having a knife is so prideful, whether you're on the job site and you got it clipped in the inside of your front pat pocket in your jeans, whether you have a sheath and, or a whole, you know, a holster per se for a knife, whether you have it in a boat, in a, in a, in a spot where you know, you're going to grab it to take care of something, a cut a line or whatever. A knife is just very prideful. It's a very personal piece of equipment and a tool that people they have it for a reason. There's a reason for a knife. Now it could be self-defense and self-protection and that's fine too. But in today's conversation, I want to talk about the product line, the culture of Gerber and how it relates to a company like ours, a brand like ours, like, Oh, you're a duck hunter. Well, Gerber's never really done a lot with duck hunters. You know, we're mainly into, into elk hunters that have big, long back straps and we're and we're quartering them out and we're putting them on our horse and riding out like Cameron Haynes or somebody. But or a mule deer or an, you know, like that's the perception it is. Well, duck hunters, we use a knife a lot. We use a Gerber product as much as anybody, right? So I wanted to talk about how awesome it is to live this lifestyle, how awesome it is to be around a company and a culture like Gerber and what they do on a daily basis to ensure this lifestyle and culture for many generations to come because they're part of a lot of conservation efforts as well as just making badass products. And then I want to talk about product specific stuff and where we start because you cannot tell me that from the day you start getting into waterfowl hunting and scouting and learning your way around the woods or the marshes or whatever you're hunting in, a knife and a saw and, a, and everything that goes into the equipment and the product that you guys build is important. So that is kind of long-winded, but I wanted to get that out of the way because yeah. I feel that five years ago, you entered into this badass lifestyle of being a hunter and a provider, and now you work in a company and a brand and a culture that provides product to guys like myself and our crew and hunters and fishers and lovers of the outdoors all over this world. Just think of how many people camp and then how many people fish. That's way more than how many people hunt. Oh, so yeah. then you then you add the hunters into that but the working force the working man the working woman the camper the outdoor the enthusiast right we all mm -hmm. take pride in our knives so i wanted to get into that about the the products you guys build made in america mentality the culture of gerber and how a duck hunter needs to make sure that he or she is well equipped at all times with a sharp knife a an awesome saw, the tools that you need to what we said in the very beginning of this long winded rant I'm on <laughs> of being consistently successful yeah. in the woods. So that's yeah. where I'm at, buddy. That's why I'm having you on. I appreciate I you being it. here and you love all that, right? Yeah, absolutely. This yeah, lifestyle's cool, ain't it? Oh, it is. It's, it's amazing. And you know, you, you talk about that, you know, the culture of Gerber and, you know, we have, we have a kind of a long form manifesto and two of the lines out of that manifesto are, what is the consumer doing and how do we make the doing of that thing better? That's one of them. And the other one that I, I personally love is 
Um, whether it saves time, saves the day, or saves a life, every product we make meets the needs of our consumers. And you know that's that's the mantra, that's the culture, the mindset. Say the, say the second one again. What uh, the second one is? Um, whether it saves time, saves the day, or saves a life, every product we meet we make meets the many needs of our consumers. I love it. Yeah. You know, in, in some of my first conversations with Andrew and the guys, one of the words that kept coming up and where one of the, you know, the initiatives that, that Gerber was getting ready to embark on was the, the provider. Yeah. I and I, that. and I said, Andrew, you know, it's funny that we're talking about this and you can ask him about this. And I know he has a lot of conversations and this is a while, this is this time last year, probably maybe a little bit later in 2019, he says, yeah, this provider mentality and all this. And I said, you know, we have a company called the provider and we trademark the word, the provider. And it's going, we have a cookbook series coming out and an interactive website and all this stuff. And I just, I just, and he's like, are you serious? You know, like, you know, we've looked into that name and you guys are the ones that have it. And I'm like, yeah, cause I just love, I love that mentality. I love that lifestyle. And it doesn't matter if you're not a hunter, but you grow a garden, you're a provider. If you're not a hunter and you buy your beef off of the shelves, you're a provider. If you don't eat beef and you're a vegetarian and you eat vegetables, you're a provider, right? So that mentality, that mentality, you need a knife to cut up vegetables. So I just think that the lifestyle of the knifesman is so awesome. Whether you go back to the samurai sword and the videos you saw that or, or throwing knives and everything that you can do there, or just the using them as a tool. I just think Mm -hmm. that knives are that special. That's why everybody in the world that is anybody that I've ever met has a knife drawer, right? Everybody's got their collection of knives. This one might have a wood grain on this one might have been made out of Elkhorn. This one might be not, you know, just bought in a, in a, in a a Japanese rest or a Japanese store that you saw in Midtown that, that looked like a ninja knife. I mean, everybody's infatuated with knives. Well, it's because their application is so broad. I mean, it's empowering to everything you do, like you're talking about, whether it's camping or vegetables or cutting up meat or taking your kill or whatever it is. And you know it's when you so know wrong. you know what you know when you notice you want you, when you need one the most you know when you notice it when you, when don't, you don't have one exactly God, <laughs> yeah. oh, I always I, I just saw my knife laying on the counter why didn't yeah. I grab it you reach for it and you have that moment of oh no <laughs> yeah you're like it, it, it's yeah. happened to me in the hunt where you got your calls and you got your GPS mm-hmm. and you got your cell phone and you got your dog whistle and you got your training remote control and you got your decoys and you, you got everything. And then you're like, are you serious? I, who took my knife? And then you start blaming on somebody else who took my knife, (laughs) who used it, or, you know, you clean all your ducks and then you wash them off at the sink. And sometimes you leave them laying at the sink. And that's why I tell people, that's why you don't use your blind bag knife to clean. That's your cleaning rig. That's in a totally different spot. Okay. And then, and then that's in a different place in the garage or your shop or in your truck or in your truck bed and your drawer. Like we have the deck, you know, we use deck, the whole drawer system in the back of our truck. And it's got, I bet you each drawer has got eight knives in it in different Mm -hmm. locations in different boxes. And they're for different things. So one of the first things that we, that we, you know, use a Gerber product for in the duck hunt is in the essentials of duck hunting is the series. And that's why I'm having you on. And I appreciate it again is you know, we have, we use saws a lot because with the permission of the landowner, um, always making sure that we're ethical with our, with the way that we cut natural vegetation or go cut down trees. Or sometimes you find dead trees to where that's already dead laying on the ground. And you can use that saw that Gerber provides you to, to, to saw off some of the branches. And what we want to do is we want to blend into the natural environment. We, we've done, had so many successful hunts of just creating what we call a false line where we copy the tree line or the brush line 
mind and then we have our blind and we go and we mimic what nature did and with that use of that saw we're able to make the right cuts to get the right length on things we're able to cut off sharp edges we're always there's so many tools that Gerber has with their multi tools and their files and everything to where when you're building a blind you have to be cognitive of that is is this anything going to poke me in the eyes is anything going to cut me is the fence too sharp can I sand it down can I grind it down can I file it down some mm-hmm. there's a Gerber tool for all of that so before mm-hmm. the ducks even show up Gerber's in the mix right yep. that's an essential tool so now your ability to hide depends on your ability to conceal your ability to get ducks and geese the closest you possibly can. And I don't like to call the shot if they're over 15 yards away, people always are yelling at me, why aren't you calling the shot? And I just, I just love getting them tight. Cause I love the majesty of them, right? They're powerful. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm in it for. So Gerber helps me get there. That's why it's an essential. So yeah, talk yeah. to me a little bit about night, uh, about the saw part of it, the folding saws, the applications, the access to them, the ease of use of them and the different models that you offer at this time. Yeah. Yeah. So a big thing with saws and with all the products we make is uh, their packability and their weight. Um, you know, different people have different setups for how they're going to hunt. I mean, where we hunt, we do a lot of carry in, packing in a whole bunch of gear. And it's really important that things are packable, lightweight. And that when you take them out, they're still just as durable and as useful as a full size thing that doesn't fold or doesn't break down to smaller. Um, so our saws, we have, you know, the Gator Exchange Blade saw. It's a folding saw with a really ergonomic grip and it's got two different uh, grits of their saw teeth. So you have a really fine one and a really thick one for taking down, you know, anything from large full on nine inch diameter trees in a, in a real bad pinch to, you know, your two inch shrubs and whatnot that you might use as the frame for your blind. Um, so that saw does a great job. Um, we have a sliding saw, a really similar application. Um, but what you'll see is a thread through most of our product is that is that packable and as lightweight as is possible without compromising durability and endurance of a product. Um, and so, yeah, there are, our saws are um, glass-filled nylon frame, which is a really lightweight material that's super durable. And then uh, SK-5 steels, things that can stand up to a beating. You can hack down a tree, saw down a tree, and then fold it up, and it's going to be ready to go again two, three times in a row. Because because the worst the worst feeling with the saw is when you're getting after it right and you're really in the mood you got time constraints you know that the ducks are coming you got to get things done in a practical amount of time I I hate the feeling of a bendy saw Mm -hmm. and when you start to talk about the gauges still that you guys are working with that's what really intrigued me about a lot of the Gerber product on their saws is that you don't get a lot of that flex effect because I feel that that's just an accident waiting to happen and I think that a manufacturer owes it to the consumer to never put them in a position to experience something like that and if the saw is not meant to do what you said you know a nine inch diameter tree or your two inch shrubs then don't sell it that it is because i don't if i as soon as i get going and i feel that flex and that bend and Mm -hmm. that saw would i consider not being able to keep up with me or my speed or my strength of of using it then it's not it's not suited for what we do and that's where you're going with the materials you use is that you're looking after if you can cut down a nine inch circumference tree then you're going to be able to cut the right the right amount of shrubs or the right size shrubs for a duck blind yep absolutely Yeah. So saws are critical, like you mentioned. And we, you know, another thing that happens depending on the age and the greenness of a tree is those teeth can gunk up and, you know, you're you're pulling and pushing and it feels like you're not taking anything out of the tree. Um, You know, ours have the durability to take a smack against the tree, clean out those teeth and you're getting right back in there real aggressive again. So I think that's another really important thing is they've got to be able to have their teeth cleaned. Um, You know, obviously the more wet, the more green the material, the easier it can it can gunk up in those saw teeth. Uh, so that's really important. 
And having a, another thing is having cross-cut teeth. So that's teeth that will cut both on the push and on the pull. Um, there's a lot of saws that, you know, they're actually just one directional teeth. You don't know it. A lot of people don't know, it, but it's not actually cut, cutting on the push. It's only cutting on the pull. Um, so that's literally, you know, half of your productivity, half of your efficiency gone with that. Um, so that's yeah, a great our, point. Great yeah. Point. Our Gator exchange blade saw is I think one of the best in the market for it, both in terms of the value of the price you're paying for it. And then, uh, the long-term longevity of it, it's got just replaceable saw blades. You can, if you ever do run through one, you can buy another one. So the blinds made, you're in there, you're ready to go. Anticipate, anticipation's high. You see the air every time you breathe. You see the the, the mist and the, and the hot air come out of your mouth and the steam. And you know that anticipation. You love it, right? You're eating up with it. But now there's always the precaution taken of when you stand up, you don't want to scrape your hand and cut your hand. You don't want to lean forward and hit your hit your eye. A lot of, you know, I tell everybody, wear eyewear. But sometimes people don't have it. But so... You don't want sharp branches. You don't want sharp pieces of chicken wire. Talk to me about some of the products you have readily available to the consumer right now, either direct or through your dealer base is, and you might have some there with you. I know you're going to show us some samples, Mm -hmm. something that has a filing capability, maybe like a multi-tool, maybe it's a pair of pliers, like a multi-tool or another one, some of your other products that you can wrap onto that and bend it back or wrap that piece of chicken wire or whatever it Mm -hmm. is back around itself to where the sharpness isn't out. So my point is, is that the, the hunting is so awesome, but the things that can ruin a hunt are stuff that we can handle like gun safety, blind safety, making sure that your dog's always safe, making sure that the muzzles are always pointing the right way and making sure that there's nothing sharp because there's no worse feeling in the world than the idea of losing your vision due to a stupid accident that you could have very easily fixed with taking the precautions with a Gerber tool and making sure that things are, you know, sanded off or filed off or whatever you want to call it, or, you know, bended back, bend back with a a pair of pliers or sawed off Mm -hmm. with a saw, whatever it takes. Talk to me about some of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of a lot of the tools we do, we, we make uh, have the versatility to uh, to take things like that. But so this is our center drive. Um, one of the things that we have with our center drive is one hand open technology. So you give a flick. A lot of times your hand is, you know, you're busy doing something. You don't have the two hands to butterfly open a multi-tool. What did you do there? Uh, so, did you press a button at the same time? Nope. It's just you kind of hold it loose, give it a flick of the wrist, and then uh, the jaws slide up with that momentum. Whoa, that's pretty slick. Yeah. Huh? That's kind so of then, that's kind of ninja like right there. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. So then in there, uh, the the mantra with this product was uh, all the stuff you need, none of the crap you don't. Um, so you know, a lot of there's a temptation to uh, just load a multi tool full of uh, kind of miscellaneous things that don't actually get real real use. But this this item here um, has a file, like you mentioned. And then the, here's actually a, a small saw for those really small, fine. And that thing's stronger than it about. looks dude. That thing's got oh, some yeah. rigidity to it. It really does. You know, they're all locking tools. Um, but yeah, you have your, your file right here. Easy. It's probably hard to see in the screen, but easy to take off, you know, sharp pointy edges, um, just to fuzz them down a couple quick runs with that and you'll be in good shape. Um, but yeah, this also has, you know, spring loaded jaws, easy to bend things off that are a little tough on the hands, or if your hands are super cold from, you know, the weather, the environment you might be in. Um, but yeah, you know, another thing I've talked about with this and just about all the products we make is, uh, at least for me and the guys I hunt with, we got young kids and whether it's young kids or if it's a lot of work or all the, the different things that are pulling on people's time, I, the worst thing that can happen is you get, you know, a couple days, uh, in a month, let's say. And you get out there and something goes wrong. For us, what happened is last year, we're pulling our, our duck cart across this big old field. 
real bumpy in the middle of the morning, dark morning, you know, and freaking handle breaks off, which controls the, the wheels. And I'm thinking we got like 400 pounds of gear, decoys and stuff in here. And we were planning to take this thing to our, pretty much to our blind. And so having the tools, you know, that can, that can basically save the day in that moment. And then for me, like that would have been, you know, 33% of the time I had for that month uh, to duck hunt. And I was thinking, man, if I didn't have this multi-tool to be able to work on reattaching that, and, you know, ratcheting back down that bolt, we'd be screwed. And we'd be out there with six decoys or whatever we could carry with our packs. Yeah, um, because so that, have, because that, that also comes with a screwdriver on there that's got Phillips and standards and, 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 and in the case, you have all the attachments that slide down in the case, correct? All the right, different yeah, heads. So 10, 10 different bits and uh, it's Man, on the center cool. axis. It works just like a screwdriver. Yeah, it's so uh, which awesome. Is a pattern we've got. So yeah, it's just super versatile. And uh, that's, you know, that's something we try to work into as many of our products as possible. There's a that saying, uh, two is one, one is none. When it comes to things that you're packing, if you're if this tool that I'm carrying, this piece of weight that I'm carrying, only has one function, that's almost good for nothing. You know, it needs to do at least two things, or in the case of a multi-tool, many more things than that. But and the that, idea that's that that's got a sharp cool. that's has a sharp blade in it too, is a regular knife blade as well. Obviously, yeah, yeah full three-inch blade. Yeah, this is I mean, this is a heck of a multi-tool. Comes with all kinds of things, a pry bar. Um, the best so, part uh, about that, the best part about that deal is the, is the, the quality. And then you look at the price and you're like, seriously, what yeah. is MSRP on that? Uh, 90 bucks or a hundred bucks with a bit set. And it's, you know, that's made crazy, in it's, crazy it's made in America. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's the center drive. That's a great thing that gets you out of, gets me out of a lot of pinches. I'd never go anywhere without this in my blind bag. Cause you just, All, you, yeah, you, see, that's always in my blind bag too. And I, you know what? I, I love to have a couple of them though. Yeah, around um maybe put one in your hunting buddy's blind bag or put one in the truck so you always have a multi-tool around and i love what you said about you know less is more in a multi-tool because sometimes you get in there and and i love swiss army and the idea of that and the application but yeah. sometimes when i'm like well i don't need a spoon and i and i really don't need this one and i don't need that it's it's yeah. neat to go in there and say i use all this yeah. i just used it, i just used it yesterday because i had i had a, a doesn't matter, but I, I have a neon light that was that had had a little deal going wrong with it, and I got my I got the tool out, boom, fixed it. And I'm not the handiest guy in the world, which I is kind of along the same lines of what you're saying is that you don't have to be. It's kind of like being with Traeger. No, I've never won the Jack Daniels, you know, the World Barbecue Championships, but. I just made everybody think that I could by what I do with the Traeger, right? And it's just that whole mentality and having the confidence in the Gerber tools and the Gerber lifestyle give you that confidence to do what you did with your, your decoy cart and to do what that, um, you know, like what we're talking about in the blind. So now we move on and I got this kind of a mentality is that I'm kind of a knife snob to where I probably am not going to use my multi-tool to do everything because I want to have the reason to get something else. So like if I'm in the blind and I'm going to cut some parachute cord to wrap up into a slip knot to where I'm going to use as my duck strap for that day. I might use the multi-tool blade or I might have a closed blade, you know, that I'm going to, that I'm going to throw open out of my pocket or somewhere that's in my bibs or in my waders, in my chest pocket of my waders, where I would not hold my multi-tool because of yeah. the weight of it. I might pull that out real quick, but let's say mm -hmm. that I, let's say that I reach in my cooler and I grab my dad said, Hey, you got to try this summer sausage. We just had processed from our elk this year. Now, boom, I got now show me what you have there for a little folding knife where, where I'm going to cut me and Remy Warren or my brother, Clay and Clint, they, we really it open we cut the plastic real quick and we want to get really nice easy slices to pass around and let people enjoy that wild game 
Yeah, yeah. So you talk about a pocket of duck waders. This is what I take in the pocket of my duck waders. It's called the fastball. It's the actually the oh, one you customized it. a little while ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super simple operation. Made in America. It's got S30B steel, which means it's got incredibly long edge retention, meaning it's not going to dull really quickly like some of those uh, call it less less quality knives. Um, it's got this compact form factor that's going to fit easily in a lot of duck po- duck waiter pockets. Um, but then yeah, again, it's overall it's lightweight got a three inch blade so not oversized and then it's got simple we call it light switching action it's like you flick the light switch and that's all it takes to pop the knife blade all the way open and fully fully lock up super safe very sharp and useful blade shape you can see that it's called a warrencliffe blade it's got a tip that's still strong but it's it's pointed so you can really get into some precarious spots and uh, do a lot of things in a pinch it's a great all-purpose knife that uh, we found that Almost all of our ambassadors carry this, especially in the hunting space, even though it's an everyday carry style knife. I use it. I use it nonstop. Yeah. And I, I and I love, I love the strength of it. Do you offer a, something comparable? And, and let's say that you're hunting with kids a bunch that might be in and out of the blind bag. Do you offer something comparable with a lock on it? Uh, like a safety lock? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, our our automatic knives have, sa- have safeties and our assistant opens have safeties. But what we find in a lot of... Uh, our, our manual, this is technically a manual. There's no spring to deploy it all the way. Uh, we don't put safeties in them because it's extra weight and it's extra complexity. Um, but for kids, yeah, assisted open knives, which have a spring that'll help you open it all the way. They have a, a it's called a cross bolt safety. You click it on just like a gun safety, left, right, um, with the thumb. And uh, yeah, it's super simple. So things like the hall or things like our highbrow compact, a number of assisted open knives will have that safety for kids. Now the fastball is extremely sharp out of the factory. What what are the what are the factory test um, capabilities or um, the measurements that need to be met? Is there a certain guideline or measurement that needs to be met by Gerber to send that to retail to a dealer or on an online sale? Because they seem very very sharp and well kept when they leave the factory, kind of like a lot of your higher end rifles that they'll shoot. You know, the groupings will be solid right out of the box kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what are what are the measurements on that or the regulations that you guys abide by? And the other thing that I'll say about the fastball is that it takes forever for it to lose its edge, but I'm very anal about that again. And I love to make sure that it's as sharp as it's amazing how easy it picks its edge back up when you do put it to a, to a stone or something. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Not qualifications, not regulations. What are the quality standards? the qual I guess quality standards is a way to say, but yeah, what, what is that, that your, your sharpness standards before it leaves the factory? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. So there's there's a lot of things that go into cutting and uh, sharpness. You know, sharpness might be defined as the actual angle of that cutting edge. Um, so we do uh, a small window of 22 to 27 degrees included, which means both sides will be, you know, in between. They'll add up to be between 22 and 27 degrees, and that's a really sharp edge to get through a lot of stuff. Um, but sharpness doesn't really mean anything unless the steel itself is hard. Um, so there's something called the Rockwell hardness uh, score, and that's what's really going to tell you how hard your steel is and how long it's going to stay sharp. And so we have uh, HRC 61 is kind of our target, plus or minus one, and that that toughness is going to outperform just about any steel in the commercial market right now. Um, so yeah, S30V steel is, is super hard. You can sharpen it. Um, we, we can sharpen anything to the degree we want, but it's going to keep that angle of sharpness that we sharpen it to for a very long time. And like you mentioned, 
uh, one of the really important things about S30BC steel is it's serviceable, meaning that you could get steel so hard that it's going to stay sharp extra long, but then it will never be sharpenable uh, outside of sending it back to the factory. Not, the steel not good. gets to that hardness, but then still there's something in the, the makeup of the steel that makes it serviceable as well. I love that so, part of it. And that's, that's key because I don't have time to send it back to the factory, right? right. Most hunters yeah. don't like that, hear that. Like, oh, send it back. And we'll, it's like, no, I got to hunt tomorrow morning. I got a lot of, you know, I got a yeah. lot of work to do tomorrow. So that's yeah. key. So you cut that, you cut that elk sausage, your, yeah. you know, that summer sausage. Awesome. Something goes wrong with the gun. Boom. Multi-tool. You got everything in that multi-tool that you can take apart a Benelli. Any time, you know, if you need to punch the, the rods or anything, you can punch them with that. Anything that you need is that we've covered already in three simple tools that you guys make. Talk to me a little bit. I don't want to miss anything because now obviously we're going to go into the butchering and the processing yeah. of the duck. But there's also, you know, there's other things that come in handy of the way that I clean ducks is that I cut a lot of heads off, right? I do a lot yeah. of things with an ax during the day. We have not covered a hatchet which can go into that blind building to, to be able to get the, all of the natural vegetation that you need from the habitat there to, to match in, in that false line. Like we talked about a hatchet can be used in so many different app, you know, applications. I don't, and I'm not just saying this cause you guys are, are, are our partner, but the hatchet that we've been using all season, like, I don't know if you can sh- get a sharper one or a, a sturdier one, a one that will hold up the one that gives you that confidence. When you grip it, you can tell that there's been a lot of research that went into people in the field, having a lot of input into that research of the, everything down to the grip and the way that it feels in your hands, the aesthetics of that, because like when you hold up a Benelli super black Eagle three compared to the super black Eagle two, it feels so much sleeker and lighter and they improved on that part of it. Okay. When you, when you feel, when you get something in your hands, if you're a baseball player or a golfer you know how that bat feels right in your hands you you or the golf club feels right in your hands that axe and that hatchet just feels right in my hand so i don't know the name of it off the top of my head but yeah. th- let's talk about hatchets and in the in the, in the, in the qual- you know the qualifications that gerber has with theirs and and some of the applications for them yeah yeah and i know the, the product you're talking about that you use it's, it's our pack hatchet is what it's called pack, pack yeah. and uh yeah the pack hatchet is you know super slim stock of steel that has a really, really durable makeup to the steel composition. Um, and then the thing about it that makes it, we call it the pack hatchet for is it's so slim. And that as a result, that angle coming into that sharpened edge is really, really uh, tight, which makes it very good at really deep slices, deep cuts. Um, and, you know, you talk about versatility, two is one, one is none. Uh, those ergonomics that you talk about make it so you can choke up on that uh, handle. You can actually get your hands right behind the ax head and use it to, you know, shave down sticks, put the, put a, uh, a pointed edge on the bottom of a stick that you might use as the corner of a blind or something that you got to get into some dirt or mud. Um, so it has a, a vast array of applications of that pack hatchet. Um, but you know, something I was thinking about too showing you is uh, we have uh, some really high versatility uh, machetes is the category they're technically in, mm-hmm. um, but they have a lot of hatchet like applications. Um, so both of these fall into this, these three applications. Uh, this one here, we just released a shot show this year. Uh, it's a personal favorite of mine when it comes to uh, anything you might have in the truck or uh, definitely in your blind bag. So packs down to this size here. It's about eight inches. Um, and then it actually butterflies open. So you have this lock to disengage here, and then you do this. And just like that, you have a full-size machete that can be used in the same applications as a hatchet. Uh, you can clear brush with this. 
Uh, you could go ahead and cut your blind grass with it, things of that nature. Um, and then you can choke up in a pinch and use it like this as a knife. There's a recurve section on this blade and it's very, very versatile for uh, any application you might find in the blind. So really cool product there is the double down to do anything from clearing the grass to, to layer on uh, to your blind, to splitting up uh, wood to put, put on the corners of your blind or any, any number of things like that. So that's the double down. Uh, I can show you the, the VersaFix here as well. It has a similar uh, three application situation. It's still got actually mud and dirt on it for my blind. Uh, most recent duck season. But so VersaFix here has a really weight forward design and that makes it so if you just like let it loose in your hand, it's naturally swinging itself forward. And that basically duplicates or doubles your, your uh, impact for the amount of effort that you're putting into it. So you're really good at chopping into things, taking down limbs and branches and whatnot. Um, but then again, for cutting down a big swath of grass, you can do a great job of getting a bunch of grass at the same time and then being able to use this recurve section here to uh, do some knife work in a pinch. So that's the VersaFix Pro. They, I got to ask you a question real quick when I watch you swing these around. And this is, how many Band-Aids does the Gerber factory go through a month? Oh, <laughs> there's a number. <laughs> be, be, be honest. I mean, does it yeah. happen a lot? Because like, I, I just, you're, I, I just realized that you're not just using these like we do on, you know, on a, on a application level, you guys are messing with knives and sharp edges every day of your, of your week. Oh yeah. Yeah. So my hands will never be the same again. I mean, I'm just fooling around with knives and machetes and things like that all the time. But normally there's a, there's like a trend, right? There's injuries for people when they first start are about this high. And then, you know, I'm almost yeah, a decade in, so mine are pretty low. It's, 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 um, it's almost like, uh, when people watch me clean ducks, if we're doing it with the breast out way with tenderloins and breast meat coming off the breastplate, I have, I can go really, really fast. Right. And then when people go to do it after me, if I'm giving instruction, they try to go that fast and it's not a raw, raw deal because I'm, I'm, I, I think it's better to go slow and get all the meat off of the bone. Right. Well, yeah. I can get all the meat off of the bone because I understand my knife and I understand the cuts and where I'm trying to get up against that plate and how to shave it and how to skim it off of there and how to keep the right amount of pressure on my pool of that meat to just keep yeah. it flowing naturally, right? Well, I can do it really, really fast. And then people are like, you're going to cut yourself. And I'm like, yeah, once in a while I have, you know, but most of the time with a little bit of focus, you, you, that sharp object makes you really pay attention and you get used to it. The more you do it, the better you get, like you're saying, your, your, your level of, of mistake goes way down the more you do it. But I would always tell somebody that every time you see somebody, you know, doing something that might be a little bit well versed in that, like I would probably have you around to show me how to open that machete a few times before I just went after it. Because when you're opening it, your hand could get in a position or get in the way of that blade or something that you might not be ready for. And that's why instruction is key, which is another thing that Gerber offers with videos and an and interactive website and all of the ways that you guys can be approached or messaged is the instruction on how to use this gear. So when people hear the word machete, I get 
get excited, but most people think, well, it's probably too big. It's intimidating. I've seen yeah. it on in, in movies with the rock when he's down in the, in, in the jungle, you know, and he's freaking cutting through big branches. No, a machete is a useful practical tool. So I'm very happy that you brought that up because we have them. We, if I walked out with this camera, this laptop and, and opened the drawer of my deck, you'd see two of them laying right there with our hatchets. We use them for everything. When we're building blinds, there's, there's camping. I love the use of a, a machete and the reason I bring up that intimidation factor is that we were, we were doing something the other day, just as simple. My nine-year-old daughter, I'm showing her just how to open a cardboard box, take the goods and products out of it, and then turn it over. And, and, and the right ways to, to dismantle that box, to fold it up and to take it to recycling, right? To flatten it out. Yeah. And her first response was, no, daddy, you cut it. And I'm like, no, I want to show you how to hold this knife. She's like, and she got scared. And yeah. that's, the, that's the thing is that you a lot of people that hate guns are uneducated or they're scared of guns because they don't, they haven't been around them. They're not confident with them. Knives are the same thing. Knives are dangerous. They can kill people. Okay. There's there for, for generations and decades and, and centuries, people have been in knife fights all the way back into history. So, this is something that is to be taken serious as well, you and I discuss this. I don't want people to be like, Oh yeah, this is something you can just mess around. These are not toys. They're not something to take for granted. And that's why yeah. I asked the questions about the band-aids is in, and again, I'm long winded and I apologize, Carson, you are going to nick yourself. You are going to see your own blood, but you know what? When I'm cleaning ducks, I cut myself more with the actual bone of a duck than I do with the actual knife because of the sharp points or the black cloud went through there and snapped a wing bone or a breast bone and it, it, I've done it on deer. I've done it on how many times you cut yourself filleting fish or, you know, get, it happens, but make sure that you don't allow a mistake or a simple mistake, like opening that machete or the, or any of the products that you've showed us by taking it for granted that you, that, that you know, that you're not going to cut yourself. These things are, at, are very dangerous. I want to make sure that everybody understands that and that the utmost respect and con concentration needs to be given to them. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, we, we don't classify them weapons, they're tools, but tools can be dangerous, no less. hundred percent. I mean, yeah. have you ever remember happy Gilmore when they're shooting each other with the nail gun and that one goes right into his boss's head <laughs> helmet? It's a yeah. tool. It's it a tool. It can do damage. So that's, you always have to be on the up and up and make sure you're focused and paying attention because there's not a worse feeling in the world than hurting yourself. I keep going back to that. Because I don't understand like the attitudes of like a Travis Pastrana and a Johnny Knoxville. Like they're very, very qualified to do what they do. And they've made a lot of money doing it. But I don't even know how you get started by stapling yourself to the carpet or jumping off a roof like, like yeah. Travis consistently. They're crazy. So my yeah. point is, my point is, is just be careful. Okay. Let's get back to the product is, is we, we, we've got the duck now. We're going to, we're going to, um, I think we're out of the blind. Do you have anything else there that you want to discuss about the tools for the blind, building the blind or why you're dur during the hunt? Yeah. You know, uh, I guess the one thing I would bring up is uh, I think for me, there are two very different uh, scenarios for what kind of tools I'm going to bring. And it's one, I, I know exactly where I'm going and there's at least the pre-built structure of the blind and it's just going to need grassing. And the other ones I'm going to go build a blind. And I guess the third one is it's a pre-made blind that I've, you know, it's properly done. Um, in that case, you know, I use, I, I bring just a, a bare minimum of things, essentials for like, just in case something went wrong, some versatile tools, multi-tool, um, you know, a versatile knife, et cetera. But the other two, if I'm going to somewhere where I know I'm going to, it's a grasslands area and I'm going to need to clear a lot of grass, 
the Gator Machete is a super, super basic machete that um, really excels at taking down grass. You know, it's it's oversized, but super thin, really lightweight and easy to swing. So you can take down a whole swath of grass with one stroke on this. And uh, and one of the things that you got to know about about machetes or any kind of cutting tools is there's there's tools that are designed for very specific reasons, and there's tools that are designed to be versatile. And you know the, the double down machete and the VersaFix that I showed you, those are versatility tools. They're they're good at a number of things. This is good at one thing. If you're going to clear a bunch of grass or you're going to cut a couple things, it has a cross cut saw on the back of it. This is the tool for you. You know that's all you need. You don't need to worry about those versatile tools. You just need a very precise tool to cut cut, cut grass or really small vegetation. Let me see the grip on there, please. So real comfortable grip. You can kind of see how it's contoured for the hand and your knuckles. Yeah. Yeah. It's our gator grip. Very grippy. Um, yeah. Super ergonomic, easy to clear a whole bunch with, but you don't want this if you're chopping down a six inch round tree or something like that. No, it's not a tool for it. And you said um, it's very, very thin blade, making it lightweight because if you have a lot of work to do, you don't want to be toting around a lot of weight. You're going to tire out too much. That's right. Unless you lift yeah. weights like you do a bunch and you're hundred <laughs> percent on it. Right. Always, always. <laughs> so now we're cool. now we're back at camp or high five and it might be time for time for a cold beer but i always tell people don't get the cold beer in you until you you're done with the knife you know being cautious and being taking precautions with this always stay safe um it's time to clean the ducks now now here's here's there's different ways you pluck them you got it you cut them open and you take the guts out but you got to cut the wings off unless you're transporting those ducks out of state or across the state line county line you got to make sure that you get them back to your abode before you do any of this you, because if you get pulled over by a game warden you want to make sure that the that they're intact to where they can identify the bird the sex of the bird etc so you might cut off the wings you might cut off the legs you might cut off you might open up the uh, the stomach lining to get all the guts out of it you might cut the head off there's a lot of things that we're going to do now. You might just split them open and take the fat and the skin all the way off and just cut the red meat out of it. You might pluck the breast and cut through the skin and the fat to keep the fat on, which I love to do that style to render that fat down. Duck fat is awesome. So um, talk to me about what you have now when you're back of what you would advise a customer of saying, hey, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be doing all of that stuff. Obviously, you're going to have a small hatchet to, for the heads and the wings, or you guys might offer a very sharp, dependable, uh, sturdy pair of shears and obviously a knife, an open blade, a fixed blade or a folding knife that you can easily get in and, and dismantle that meat. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, talking first about uh, wings and head, uh, actually, for Back to back to things like machetes and hatchets, like you said. So I, I would go to the pack hatchet for wings and heads, uh, as well as the double down or reverse fix pro type of product. A variety of things can can take care of that need. It's a pretty simple, you know, brute force move. Um, but then, yeah, when you get to the more uh, the more granular level, um, I've always been. I think there's two camps. I've always been partial to uh, replaceable blade. Uh, style products where you have that really small, really fine surgical blade on there. And I feel like I can do a really precise job and get the most amount of breast and, and everything off of the, off of the duck. Um, so I, I always use, this is our vital folder. Um, this is actually, I've been using this one for years and the color is all wrong, but it's the same product. It's done great. And I've used it for you know, seven years now, six years, I guess. Um, but yeah, so vital folder, really good job. Uh, it's, it comes with, you know, replaceable plaques and blades. So you can get 12 extra blades for 15 bucks. And you can be in business for seasons on that. Um, and then when it, when you actually finally run it dead, 
You should press this button here, pull it off, drop the next new blade on. Super simple, always sharp, and uh, I feel like it's very, very precise. So you engage the button again to put the new blade back in, correct? Yep, that's right. That yeah, is really a, small that's, ergonomic. That's a, I, I, dude, I have cut so in the last, this last season, I cut so many breasts out of ducks in a heartbeat with that thing. So again, so sharp, like that's, that's made for an operating room pretty much. That's, you got to be careful with that piece because it is so athletic and so slim and so sleek. You literally feel like a ninja yeah. when it's in your hand, pump the brakes and don't go faster than you need to go. Enjoy it. Right. Don't, yeah. don't, don't get in such a hurry with these products. That's a badass yeah. product. I love that. Um, do you have some shears there at all? Uh, I do. Uh, they're back there. Uh, it's a vital take apart shears. They're really, really basic, but very effective. They have micro serrations on them. So they grab and cut rather than the wing sliding as you, as you go. Yeah. Um, not good. So yeah. I would do you, do you offer a pair? Apart. Do you have a new pair of fishing shears out or is that the one you're referring to? Oh yeah. There's the, yeah. The, the processor, um, is a, I, that would do an excellent job. That's, and they got a, the they got a really innovative grip on them, don't they? Oh yeah. Yeah. Big open frame on them. And a, a number of different cutting surfaces. The process. So okay. So the in, so what's the first one called? Uh, the vital take apart shears. The vital take apart, and the second one was what? The processor. Okay. So the vital take apart and the processor. Everybody, listen to this. Make sure you get one or the other for your bag, your hunting bag for hunting camp. Shears are a necessity, especially if you love to cook. And if you're following us, we'll teach you many ways um, and applications for the shears. So, all right, moving on to the next, Carson. Yeah, so the other half of that camp would be uh, people that don't like the replaceable blade style products. Um, so this is one of a series that just came out. This is like an Exomod series. They, you can kind of build your own kit and they snap together just with like the snaps you might find on high-end clothing, uh, supporting good clothing. Um, so you can build whatever you want. This I currently have a, a caper, a full-size drop point, and a saw. Uh, but when you talk about the brushing out a duck, I, I look at this caper here. So you have skeletonized frame, um, and you have this area here where there's kind of this half circle. It's called a choil. Your finger fits in there really well to give you great control. And you can actually choke up. And then this section right here at the end, it has what's called jumping, and that's that uh, those little notches where your finger's going to land. So you, now you have two really good points of control, so you have great uh, control over that blade as you're going through the chest cavity. That's, that's awesome. And that's called yeah. the... Exomod caper. Exo for like skeletal mod for yeah. modular because you can pick your exo mod caper. Yeah. So yeah, is it made for cape? Grease. It's made for caping mainly, but you, you're saying you're going to use that for butchering also. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This one definitely is one of those Venn diagrams where it, it'll work in both applications. Show me well. the other one in there, the larger one. What do you have in there? Could that be? Because this is an awesome style. This mod series of you designing your and piecing it together. Yeah. So Exomod drop point here, you got jumping top and bottom again. So you have total control over that knife and then a super lightweight and uh, that grip extends past the width of the steel. So you have really good ergonomics. A lot of those all steel handle knives are really uncomfortable to handle, but this does a great job. Now this is a key, this is a key part of a company like Gerber and what you guys do to develop this product line. You just said the words key to ergonomics, right? Okay. Anybody, it's just like a duck call. Anybody can build their own duck call, right? 
But to get it dead on, you got to be a master machinist in tolerances and measurements and research and just a qualified designer and machinist. Now, I'm not saying that you can't design one in your garage on your wood lathe and go out and kill ducks with it. That's not the point. I get that. There's a lot of pride in that. But anybody can build their own knife if you really want to. You can go find somewhere to build your knife. You could even go anywhere overseas and have some company. I could go right now and order 200 knives from a company then get my logo on them that don't have all of this research behind them. They're just classified as a knife. That is the difference in the quality of Gerber, the research, the scientific research, the in the field research, the engineering, the science behind the designs, the quality control, the ergonomics, because you guys pay attention to things that you just displayed of finger placement, not just your knuckle placement on the base, but your finger up top to guide it through that meat key. And, 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 and it's so well thought out that you're, you, you have the mind of that guy. Cause you've been that guy with the headlamp on at dark on your tailgate, cutting breast meat out to get yeah. in the marinade. Right. Yeah. So all of that being a product designer and a product developer for a company and a brand as iconic as tra- as Gerber is 100% depends on that knowledge of you might take some from us. You might take some from Newberg who's hunting a DIY hunt a lot on public property that he's so famous for. You might take it from Remy. Who's a world traveler and a genius in the mountains. He's like a freaking mountain goat. The guy's on a different level. So you surround yourself with all these people that have input and then you guys go apply that. And then you have the ability and the confidence to say what you just said. And that's what separates a Gerber brand knife and tool from any others on the market is the research that went in that. And I'm not going to sit here and say that other brands have not done that because they have, but Gerber lives it and breathes it every day in that factory. So that's why we, that's why we, we fought so hard to get to the point to where we could attract somebody like Gerber to even give us a, a meeting, let alone a contract and a partnership. So we're humbled by that. What you went through today is exactly what we went because it is essential for consistent success as a duck hunter, a goose hunter, a waterfowl hunter, and a provider. And to be a provider again is the coolest lifestyle in the world you've been doing it for five years now and i guarantee you that when you look in the mirror now you're like man i feel so much cooler than i did six years ago right (laughs) absolutely (laughs) man i appreciate you coming on brother you got any closing words oh man we're just we're grateful for our partnership with you man and we we're just happy to be a part of this rocket ship as it takes off yeah, I can't wait to meet, see you guys in person again. We got to get on a hunt this fall. Hopefully go do some boating or fishing this summer. I'd love to yeah. come up and tour the factory too. I want to check it out. So when this social distancing and the <laughs> COVID's gone, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to get into that, that rabbit hole, but yeah. stay safe, my brother. Uh, I'm glad that you're into this lifestyle. I appreciate your knowledge today. Text me when we get off here. Let me know how you thought it went. I'm going to hit you up for one of those uh, uh, of the machetes that fooled up. That I got to oh, yeah. practice with that. That thing looks slick. This oh, has yeah. been another episode of the foul life podcast the essentials of duck hunting goose hunting waterfowl hunting series brought to you by our friends at gerber tools gerber gear gerber knives gerber blades check them out right now give me the website carson gerbergear.com gerbergear.com hashtag gerber custom design your own knife look at the fonts the designs we put ducks on ours we wrote the foul life down the blade there's soon to be even more added to that selection and that portfolio hashtag gerber custom this has been another episode of the foul life podcast thank you guys so much for subscribing leaving us ratings and reviews please tell your friends tell your family check out brand new episodes of the foul life airing right now exclusively on the outdoor channel and check out all of our merch at the foul 
jargongamecalls.com, thislifeaintforeverybody.com, banded.com, and averyoutdoors.com. Thank you so much for the support of all of our brands and properties here. I'm Chad Belding for Carson at Gerber Gear. We're signing off. Tom, hit that button. This song is called My Foul Life by the rock band 2AM Logic. Thank you all very much.